It's time for the most interactive radio program in Las Vegas today. It's time for Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. Brian will talk sports, politics, entertainment, and anything that matters to you. Feel free to call Brian at 702-221-7283. You want answers? I want the truth! Now Pushing the Limits, here's Brian Shapiro. Push the Limits coming right live on a Thursday. Brian Shapiro off today. Chris Wynn in with Numbchuck live from Las Vegas. It's a picture-perfect Norman Rockwell day here in Sin City as we are smack dabbing yet another busy week here in town. It doesn't even matter if you want to just talk sports, you want to talk politics, you want to talk entertainment. From a sports entertainment standpoint, Vegas is just absolutely rolling along right now, folks. Very good of you to join us here on the Airways with KSHP AM 1400 and also 107.1 FM. You can also find us streaming on YouTube, Twitch, and beyond on the World Wide Web at PTL Vegas. And your comments are greatly appreciated. The phone line 702-221-7283. You can also find us on the live chat on YouTube. I am very engaged in the YouTube feed, Mr. Justin Chuck. And, uh, of course, so much to talk about across the board. Our guest today, in hour number two, Paul McKesby, 11-year NBA veteran. As the NBA preseason is in full swing, yes, the WNBA finals are going on right now. But always exciting to see the NBA back in action and preseason action. We were at the game, myself and Brian Shapiro, covering the game Monday as the Lakers took on the Brooklyn Nets. Had a chance to talk to... LeBron James and Anthony Davis and the head coach of the Lakers in the postgame press conference after that talked a lot about Las Vegas and the experience of playing basketball here in Las Vegas. So I'll get into that a little bit as well, too, and we'll get into it with Mo as far as, uh, you know, the prospects with that. Always great to jump in for Brian. So Brian had an opportunity to go to uh, and cover. Not really. Actually, he didn't cover it. No, Chuck. What did he do? Brian Shapiro, yes, that Brian Shapiro, the host of this show, was sitting courtside with Vivica A. Fox, actress, producer, director. Uh, been at a number of things from Independence Day to Set It Off, a bunch of movies. Love Vivica A. Fox. Is there proof? There is actual proof that Brian Shapiro was sitting courtside with Vivica A. Fox last night okay. for Game 2 of the WNBA Finals where the Las Vegas Aces captured a win in that game. They're now up two games to none in the Finals. It's going to be tough sledding for the New York Liberty to get back in this series and actually win the series. Can it happen? Absolutely, it could happen, right? And there could be a Game 5 back here in Vegas. But they head back to New York, specifically Brooklyn, at the Barclays Center where they'll play Games 3 and 4 there. But there is video evidence Numchuck, that Shap was sitting courtside looking slick with his red button down that he just bought. Badass black blazer he was sporting, sitting next to Vivica A. Fox. And also former WNBA Cynthia Cooper was sitting with them as well, too. He was hobnobbing with the celebs, sitting courtside for this game. Also, a couple of other former WNBA players were there as well, too, and celebrities. Wanda Sykes. I don't know if you're aware of Wanda Sykes, comedian, 
was also in attendance. And so I text Shapiro. I said, hey, I'm kind of upset because I'm a huge Wanda Sykes. I, I, I love Wanda Sykes. She has a new sitcom on Netflix that is big time. So, yeah, Shapiro was uh, rubbing shoulders with celebs and uh, was getting appearances on ESPN National with uh, a couple of cuts because that's what they do, right? When, when you're talking about WA Finals, it's always great to see the they celebs, show the celebs yeah. courtside. And Shapiro happened to be among them. Don't think he's going to go to Shap's head. He's, uh, hopefully he's, he'll gra- he's grounded, realizes, you know, where he is and what he is. But super cool. See Shap sitting there. I unfortunately could not go. I had to work my other gig, which was down on the strip. And by the way, so those of you that don't know, I've worked in the restaurant industry and bar industry for approximately 30 plus years. That's my other regular job. And the restaurant I work at happens to be in the Palazzo Hotel, which is smack dab, essentially, next to the Sphere Nunchuck. Obviously, the Sphere opened up last week. Big de- big yep. deal here in Vegas. And it's a big deal because you have international you know, uh, band U2 opening up, and they have 20-plus dates here in Las Vegas. So last night, on a Wednesday night, was one of their dates. They're, they're pretty much they're, they're five, six shows in. It's going to be running for another almost a month. Yeah. It's crazy. No, Chuck, I'm telling you. And our restaurant technically is like the closest restaurant that's open late near the sphere, brother. So you know what I'm saying. It's, it's absolutely a madhouse. It's just an after the show. It's crazy. Crazy. Restaurant's decent size, right? But yeah. they're, you're talking about six, seven hundred people. Just rolling in after the con- and you too. These guys go late. Yeah, I mean they go until they're they're they are infamous is not the word. They're notorious for having long shows, like two and a half hour shows, which you know a lot of acts don't necessarily do that. So these shows don't get out till like eleven thirty. So long story short, it was it was jamming down there on a Wednesday night, so I had to work. So I was not able to to attend and cover the WMA Finals game too. But congratulations to the Aces; they get the win. And uh, maybe we'll talk. We'll bounce that off with Paul McKeskey too yeah. in hour number two as well. Let me dive into some current events though, because it's important. And obviously, there's been a lot of discussion when talking about the Israeli Israeli Palestinian conflict, but not necessarily that specifically. It's been the terrorist attacks that have taken place in Israel at the hands of Hamas, and the reaction around the world has been noted. And without question, it is absolutely emotionally passionate across the board, as it should be. When you're talking about the atrocities that are taking place in that part of the world right now, it is devastating, it is horrific, it is abhorrent. And you're again, please, we'd love your comments. 702-221-7283. Obviously, Brian has gotten into this all week long and has talked about this at length. I was on the show with him Monday when we had Anthony Scaramucci here in studio live giving his opinions. Now, the problem when we have a situation when it's, when it's, when it's Brian Shapiro hosting the show and Chris Wynn is on co-hosting on Mondays, and then we have a guest like Anthony, right, the mooch, there's not enough uh, air in the room, right? Numchuck, you probably, you probably attest to that. You could probably, you, you're probably on board with that. When you got C-Win, Shapiro... And the mooch, all on the air, some things are going to get missed. Somebody's views and somebody's uh, takes are going to get missed. Brian Shapiro, rightfully so, lead host of the show, 
He's going to get his points in. The Mooch is our guest. Definitely got his points in on Monday, right? He could have gone for like five hours. Oh, he could have for sure. Without question. Yeah. He could have kept going. So, C. Wynn was not able to get some points in. So, I'm going to kind of, I'm going to kind of dip in and out with some of my opinions as I reflect on what happened yesterday on the show because it was interesting to watch, interesting to listen, and it invoked some takes that I will unload on you today. The number 702-221-7283, as I pointed out, I'm watching and I'm monitoring the YouTube feed as well, too. We've got Alan Tanner in there, along with Richie from Richie in Vegas as well. And so when we're talking about this issue, there's a million different directions you can go with it. Let me start off by saying this. I think all of us that are reasonable, rational, empathetic, sympathetic human beings will sit back and say, terrorist activity by anybody, whether it's Hamas, whether it's Hezbollah, whether it's Al-Qaeda, whether it's some American that commits a terrorist act or commits a horrific, brutal, unhumanly act in the United States or anywhere else in the world. It is absolutely positively atrocious, should be condemned, and steps should be taken to bring that person and that entity or that organization to justice. That is the case here. Brian brought up the details yesterday during the show about children being beheaded. And there's been other atrocities that have taken place in Israel that are unspeakable and that are atro- beyond, beyond the pale of awful and atrocious. And I'll reiterate, those of us, and I conclude myself and us, that see that, condemn it, are not on board with it, do not support it, or in any way behind it. That needs to be made very clear when talking about this issue and this situation and this horrific event that has taken place in the last four or five days. That needs to be made clear. And again, something they talked about was the idea of individuals here in the United States in some way, shape, or form celebrating those events that took place. Celebrating what Hamas did in Israel and is continuing to do in Israel or has continued to do in the last couple of days. Anybody in America that is out there doing that, celebrating the actions that Hamas has taken, you are wrong, it is despicable, and you should be called out for it. What we should not do what we should not do is conflate the actions of a terrorist organization or or the actions of anybody that are abhorrent like that with the plight of Israelis and those in the state of Israel or the plight of the Palestinian people. 
And I, and I, in my humble opinion, I think that is being done. We are conflating what exactly the conflict's all about overall to these individual events. And when you saw, when you had, when the rabbi was on yesterday with Brian on the show, there was a lot of back and forth and, and it was emotional as far as the rabbi's viewpoints as well as Brian's viewpoints. And I pointed that out on the show Monday that, and phrases used like dog in the fight, right? And some callers came on. And by the way, one of the callers was John, who frequently has been a caller on the show with Brian and frequently is in, is in the same camp as Brian and I when it comes to politics. Like John has been someone who's been in, who has been on board with uh, the viewpoints politically of myself and of Brian. Yesterday, though, that was not the case. And I do want to kind of dr- touch on that in a little bit. But when I say, what do I mean when I say conflating the Israeli and Palestinian conflict with the events that took place this week with, involving Hamas and the atrocities against Israeli citizens? Talking about terrorist attacks like this against innocent civilians are not part of any type of war. Or they should, uh, let me rephrase that, they should not be characterized as any part of war in the context of rules of engagement, right? As someone who's in the United States military, who's a United States Army 11 Bravo grunt soldier like I was, right, back in the 1990s. The term is, the term's called rules of engagement, right? When there is an actual war, there's one side, there's the other side. Uh, you, uh, uh, obviously, they we're talking about entities that are usually states, right? State of Israel, uh, Palestine, which is not necessarily uh, observed as a actual state. They don't. The United Nations doesn't even have them designated as a state. They don't have any uh, standing in the Western world. Excuse me, as an actual state. But they are, uh, among a Palestinian people, they are, it is an entity, right? The problem is, is that, that they have terrorist organizations that are, rec- again, by the Western world, are recognized as terrorist organizations that's, that are supporting the Palestinian cause. When you're talking about Hamas, right, which is in the West Bank and which is in Gaza, in Israel, is where they're headquartered. And then you've got Hezbollah, which is headquartered in Beirut, Lebanon, just to the north, in Israel, in, uh, in Lebanon, um, when you have terrorist entities that are backing you, that makes it very problematic. That's a word I'm going to use a lot. Is problematic. It's tough. You can't. You can't. Because if terrorists are going to engage in terrorist activities, you're not going to have the moral high ground at all. The rabbi yesterday talked about the moral high ground, right? And Brian talked about it as well, too. Brian talked about it on a Monday with me a little bit. And I didn't really get a chance to ref- to uh, to kind of not it pushbacks not the right word to have some dialogue on this, but Brian used the terms right and wrong. Look, everybody agrees it's atrociously wrong what has taken place here regarding Hamas and these attacks and these beheadings and these and, and these instances of rape and these horrific inhuman things. I think I would like to think that any normal person is not down with this these horrible acts. All right. The problem is, is that, it, and what complicates things is there's an there's an other 
There's an other here. And that other is that there's Palestinians out there asking the question, well, it's, this doesn't just happen in a vacuum, right? Why? They ask the question, why? Why is Hamas carrying out these attacks in the name of the Palestinian people, right? Or why would Hezbollah carry out an attack in the name of the Palestinian people? Or why, you know, why is Iran or Syria or all these other, all these other Arab countries that stand behind Palestinians, why are they, I guess the word is okay with this stuff going down? And the reason is because it's been a conflict that's been going on for decades. I'm not trying to simplify the situation. It's, it's impossible to do it. I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm an expert. All right. I talk about this in the same context that Anthony Scaramucci did on this show Monday. He, in essence, approached it the same way that I do, in that I am absolutely, utterly appalled by terrorist organizations. And what has happened here with Hamas and their attacks on innocent Israeli civilians, it's beyond horrible. It is not to be celebrated. All right. But then the, what, what I've been doing, and look, I understand there is this element that Brian talked about and the rabbi talked about yesterday, and, I, and I'm on board with time and place, right? Time and place. There's a time to talk about the plight that is what the Palestinian people have and their cause. The time is not now, right? Even though I'm kind of doing it right now because I'm on the radio show talking about it, but I digress. Time and place matters. And the rabbi and Brian pointed that out yesterday and it's, I'm not going to tiptoe around this. They, they, they are absolutely emotionally invested as they should be. As they should be. As Jewish people, right? And as Jewish Americans. I don't know if the rabbi is Jewish American. I don't know where he was born. You know, you know what I mean? I, I, I expect that he was born in the United States. I don't know. Brian's Jewish American. Um, they absolutely, and it's been clearly evident on this show for the last four days, since Brian's been able to reflect on this, that he is passionate and he, and it, it it upsets him as it should. Makes all the sense in the world. But as you can see, I'm not Brian, so I'm going to come at it from just a little bit of a different perspective in that I'm not Jewish American. I'm not Palestinian. I do not necessarily, I don't, I don't support the Palestinian cause. And so... When it comes to the callers like John yesterday, and look, I, you know, and I'll say it, I'll say it, I'll say it flat out. I thought John was disrespectful on the show. I thought he made some points that were not correct. He was historically inaccurate when it came to the situation regarding Israel, and the you know the way he was trying to portray it as if Israel just popped up after the after World War II. And he was kind of insinuating also that the United States you know created Israel, as as opposed to Israelis actually you know. Uh, creating Israel, and he made some he made some wrong points, and he, and a lot the approach to the rabbi I thought was disrespectful, and so I'll point that out. So here's the deal, but going back, there's those of us who uh, 
you know, are like myself and Anthony Scaramucci and others, okay, that and and that that are are in the camp that John is in that we have an idea in our heads that we don't have a dog in the fight in the entire conflict, right? Whether it's the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, not necessarily because look, you got to you got to separate it. You got to separate. And John's on the line here, so we're going to get him on, and I'm, I'm going to and, and we're going to have a discussion. But you got to separate what took place this week regarding Hamas and the Israeli people and the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. 702-221-7283. John joins us now on the phone line. John, uh, thanks for joining us. How are you, my friend? Hey, Chris. Yeah. Uh, uh, what did you have a problem with what I said? Yeah, so look, here's the deal. When I brought up time and place on this show today, right? And by the way, I kind of ran into this a little bit on Monday when I was on here with Brian on this topic because Brian, it's a very personal thing for him because he's Jewish American. So I guess I'll start out this conversation by saying this, John, you got to know, you got to read the room, man. You know, you got to know when you're talking on a radio show with a Jewish American and a passionate guy and an opinionated guy like Brian, and then he has a rabbi on the show you understand that you're talking to two Jewish Americans, two people who are absolutely, positively in the mix on this issue. And it's not a situation like it's me or Anthony Scaramucci on Monday or millions of other Americans out there that live in the United States and in general can understand why the United States government backs the state of Israel in this conflict, but also is going to sit back in the situation and say, uh, there was just a terrorist attack in Israel in which, you know, a large number of innocent Israelis at music festivals and around the areas around there are being tortured, getting killed, being beheaded, all kinds of stuff going on. You got to realize and read the room. And so you came at him. And and when I said disrespectful, you know, you're, you know, basically uh, calling him a clown and stuff. You do realize that's going to get those guys fired up, right? You do understand that. Yeah. But when someone's spewing propaganda, which that rabbi was, I'm going to stand up and fight back. That's all I did. Okay, so all I said was, all I said was, what do you mean? What do you mean by propaganda? What are you talking about? What what was he spewing propaganda about? He's a rab again, John. This is what I'm saying. He is a rabbi. All right, in this time of crisis, which no, no, time out. It's in this last three or four days, man. People are going to be on an emotional high, and are going to be in a combative state, which is what the rabbi was, and which Brian is too at times, right? Where they're saying, we don't want to hear about you, pa- the Palestinians' issues. Did I, we don't want Chris. Uh, yeah. Chris, come on, man. Let's just cut to the chase. Well, we Did cut the chase. Yeah. Say- you came off, man. You came off. You came off as as you wanted to be argumentative with the Jewish no, guy. That's how you came in, off. This is what happened, Chris. I called in. I made a point, and the rabbi started. He's prepared to go on a twenty-minute spill with this pro-Israel crap. Okay, and and do you have a cell phone? Who cares if I have a cell phone? Look, here's my point, Chris. Okay. I'll make it real simple. Okay. 
Israel, the creation of Israel has been a disaster. It's a quagmire. It's a bottomless pit of hate and death, and, and, it, and it's a money pit for America. Okay? That's my main point. I wish Israel great. I never once said I support Hamas. I don't. I condemn them full-throated condemnation of Hamas. I think the Holocaust, Holocaust is horrific. I think it's the second most horrific uh, episode in, in the history of the world. Okay? I am pro-Israel. Okay? I am an American. I'm not Jewish. I'm not Muslim. I don't have a dog in the fight. I'm an American. I think that Israel has been an unmitigated disaster. And what, I, what drives me crazy is if you utter one word, okay, that's not full-throated endorsement of Israel, and I support Israel 100%, and I support writing them a blank check whenever they need anything, you're, a, you're an anti-Semitic, and I think the rabbi, that clown, called me, I'm an anti-Semitic and I have no moral compass. Kiss my butt, rabbi. I have a moral compass. You are, you are a partisan hack. You have a dog in the fight, and you're saying whatever needs to be said to get another bigger check written uh, from the United States government in support of Israel. That's my point. Okay, so let me respond to what you said. Now, look, you, look, you kind of proved my point right here, all right, because you're making comments regarding him. Again, uh, you know, and you were the one, by the way, that was initiating the disrespect. He didn't come out and, and call you a Jew hater or anything. You know, uh, initi- yeah, wait, time out, time out. Let me, John, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Okay. He didn't come out initially and start calling you a Jew hater. He didn't come out and say that you were morally compromised, that, you, that your moral compass was off right out of the gate. He was waiting for you to talk. He was responding to your comments as to why you said that. Now, by the way, going back to what you said. Okay. And by the way, I heard the whole interview. Okay. Or not an interview. I heard the whole phone call that you called in to the show. So it's not like I'm not, I'm just making stuff up. I heard what you said, John. I heard the, the conversation back and forth. So let me respond. So uh, first of all, you were factually inaccurate. Okay, when you make comments saying that Israel was created after World War II, that's not factually accurate. The fa- was. No, it wasn't. The Hebrew it people. That, 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 no, it wasn't. The people that they had it was back. It was like a hundred years BC when 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 that that that. Ent- okay. When, okay. okay. Well, what do you mean? Okay. Uh, okay. So you're factually inaccurate. Number one, when it comes to uh, that. His, yes. Historian, when it came, no, John, stop. Just, it, just no, there's a tremendous you, world history. John, you let me. Fi- John, you can. Re- this is what happens on a radio show. John, a radio show. I can speak, right? Let me finish a sentence at least before you start to interrupt me or start talking over me. I'm not, I didn't talk over you. I let you talk for a solid couple minutes there, two, three minutes. Just let me respond. Okay. So you were factually inaccurate as to the entity or the state of Israel. You know, yes, from a political standpoint, you can make a case that, that, that the, that it was, uh, you know, that it, that it was focused on after World War II. We, we, we get that. We get what you're saying. Okay. I kind of get what you're saying. But again, you're just dismissed the, I mean, it's, I'm not going to call it advice. I'm just going to say what I, what I thought you, sh- the approach I thought you should have took when you, when you addressed Brian and the rabbi, you completely come on and you say, well, I've got my opinion. Well, look. We're all entitled to our opinion, John. Okay, you can have your opinion that, and I'll, and I'll talk plainly. I'll fu- I'll put all my freaking cards on the table, bro. We can all come out and say you can come out and you can you can approach two Jewish guys and you can say, oh, you're just complaining because you have a dog in the fight, which is essentially the is is essentially the essence of the way you came about the phone call, man. You were coming at a couple of Jewish guys who are are furious because of what took place because of a terrorist attack. 
in in Israel, and you and you're 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 not. It's not like it's like you're not reading the room, man. Okay, read the <laughs> room, time and place. Okay, now look, let, now look. Let me, let time me know when I, I'm still, I'm I still not. I, well, I, well, you, you know what? Can't make a straight so John, point. so John, so John, so John I'll let you point. know when you can make a point when I'm done talking. I'm not done yet. Okay, so you well, didn't read the room. Okay, so I'm almost done. But John, I'm almost done. You still keep trying to interrupt me on the air. Okay, I'm still not done, John. All right, so. You okay? So this is my point. You didn't read the room. You tried. You made. You, you're you're kind of insensitive to their plight. And when I say their plight, what do I'm talking about? I'm talking about the plight of Israelis and Jewish people when it came to the last four days of a terrorist attack. So you kind of did what I did on Monday and what Anthony Scaramucci did when Anthony was talking during the interview about how oh I'm going to make some people mad here. The, you know what it makes them mad is when you start. I started talking about. Palestinians, right? And the, the plights of the Palestinians and trying to take the other view. Because, John, in fairness, I am in the same camp you are when it comes to our uh, quote-unquote dog in the fight. The problem is, is that Jewish people do not want to hear about us not having a dog in the fight right now. All they want to hear, and it makes sense, John, again, because I'm in the room, I was in the room with him on Monday with Shapiro, who's Jewish, is that you know, they don't want to hear about the stuff about Palestinians and their plight right now because a bunch of their fellow Jewish people and Israelis just got slaughtered. And Americans, by the way, what, 14 plus now counting, just got slaughtered. So you so again, you and I have fundamentally agreed on a lot of politics, uh, on things when it comes to politics, and as we should, because we make a lot of sense when it comes to politics. Right. But on this issue, I thought your approach was not great yesterday on the phone call. And now I'm done. Do, do, do you well, think I'm crazy for my viewpoint that I thought your approach was uh, a little bit off when it came to a, when it came to Shap and when it came to the rabbi yesterday? Look, sometimes you got to shake people up, okay? And that rabbi, in my opinion, that rabbi was an arrogant, condescending buffoon, and I didn't I don't really have the patience for him, okay? And no matter what I said, and unless it was a full throated support of Israel. And a willingness to write them a blank check, he was going to call me an anti-Semite and without a moral compass. That's a given. I knew that going into that conversation. Okay? So, look, once again, I wish Israel the best. I wish the Palestinians the best. I don't have a dog in the fight. You know, this is horrible what they did. There needs to be retribution. I get it. But Israel can't wipe out, a, uh, you know, a, an entire civilian population to get these people that did this horrific act. Look, here's the bottom line. How many billions of dollars a year do we give to Israel? A ton. And how many, uh, how many American lives, uh, and we're sending, uh, now we're sending over two huge, uh, combat ships to patrol. How, how much is that going to cost America? This is my point. I'm an American. Okay. Israel is a bottomless pit. It's a quagmire. There is never, ever, 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 ever going to be peace in the Middle East. Period. Full stop. End of story. So I'm saying, hey, Americans, maybe we should reconsider this, consider this blank check policy we have for Israel. It's, it's just money. We're flushing down the toilet. It's never going to go away. The problem's never going to get solved. Period. So that's my main point. Okay. John, and I, I think when we support, and I think one more point. Yeah. I think when we support Israel, we 
We inflame the ire that Muslims have towards America. If you are a Muslim, if you're a Palestinian, and you see this sphere, this fantastic building in Las Vegas, post the Israeli flag, is that going to make you happy? Is that are you going to say another thing that this the clown rabbi said was, "Oh, uh, Israel's are always so bene- uh, what's the word he used uh, benevolent towards the pal- give me a break, man." The way they treat those uh, Chris Christie called it the occupied territory, and people like the rabbi pumped jumped up and beat him down. He had to retract that statement. The, the Israelis do not treat the Palestinians well. Period. Full stop. And when we, when we fly the Israeli flag on the sphere, all that does is incite anger towards Americans. And I believe the pol- uh, uh, positions like that, act like that, help inflame 9-11. And I, I'm 100% right. Okay, well, it's again, again, day, so, Chris, look, so, that's, so that's another thing, too, right? And, John, i got to let you go because we're, we're up against it by the clockwise. I appreciate your phone call. I'll respond to that. Look, uh, when it comes to 9-11... Uh, you can make the case that that was part of it to suggest that it's the it's the end all be all and it was some kind of major reason why 9/11 happened is again factually inaccurate. Al Qaeda is not necessarily aligned with Hamas or Hezbollah. Yeah, they probably have a, a lot of the same viewpoints with respect to Israel, but I think you're again factually inaccurate when you try to make the claim that uh, you know that even a big reason. Why 9-11 happened is because of our alignment with Israel. That's not true. It just is not true. All right. You know, Al-Qaeda has a lot of reasons why they hate the United States. They hate us for, uh, you know, our government. They hate us for our, our way of life. They hate us for a number of things that are not tied to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. So, while I mean, so I guess why I want to give you, I'll give you some credit. That it, it it's it might be a small part of it. It's certainly not the main reason, John. And to uh, with respect to your comments regarding the Israeli flag on the sphere, we all understand. Again, John, read the room, man. Read the room. I mean, you're killing me, man. There was just a terrorist attack in Israel. Okay, there was just a terrorist attack of Israel. And look, I understand that that it's being uh, put up on social media that the Israeli flag was actually put on the sphere, apparently uh, through a couple of sources. Right? I don't I don't know exactly if these sources are are, are exactly. I mean, I don't want to sit here and be and say it's a hundred percent, but there's been a lot of claims that that was fake. It was not actually on there. That it was right. That the Israeli flag was not actually projected onto the sphere. But even if it was, even if it was, guys, girls. It's a terrorist attack against innocent Israeli citizens and Americans. To this point, 14 plus Americans have died. They're saying dozens more have been kidnapped there. This isn't just about Israelis. This isn't just about Jewish people. It's about Americans. Okay? It's about Americans losing their lives in a terrorist attack by a terrorist organization. This, and, I, and we have to take a break. And I'm going to come back and keep, re- and I need a couple more points I need to make regarding John's phone call and regarding this issue, period, that are just getting missed. All right. And everybody's chiming in, well, it's, whether it's Alan, whether it's Richie, and Alan and Richie, and Alan and Richie <laughs> on the uh, live YouTube chat. 
It is Pushing Limits coming your way on a Thursday. I'm Chris Wynn in for Brian Shapiro. The phone line, 702-221-7283. We're coming to you live from Vegas. We'll take a quick break, come back, and we'll continue with this topic on a Thursday, 107.1 FM, 1400 AM, and streaming on the World Wide Web at PTL Vegas. Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York-style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. It's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits here. I want to tell you guys about my good friends at the Postal Annex. They have a notary signing agent, on-site daily, no appointment needed, and they offer a full-scale of printing services from shipping labels to documents, business cards, banners, photos, and business signage. They're your passport service headquarters. They offer passport photos, and they can renew your adult passports. If you're traveling in a hurry, they can get those passports to you within seven days or less. Mailbox rentals with a physical street address, and they also receive your packages from Amazon, UPS, FedEx, USPS, and more. Here's the best part. If you're a Pushing the Limits listener, they have an introductory rate of only 39 bucks for a three-month service. You can't beat it. Give them a call. 702-873-8005. Check them out at 6130 West Flamingo Road. It's the Postal Annex. Tell them I sent you. Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well, so I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Wynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311. As a three-time international award-winning restaurant, Joe's New York Pizza uses only the freshest and best available ingredients. From giant slices of hand-tossed pie to calzones, strombolis, fingers, and wings, Joe's serves all your favorites. Stop in for a slice at one of their two Las Vegas locations at Paradise and Harmon or South Las Vegas Boulevard, or you can check out their menu at joesnewyorkpizzalv.com. here in Las Vegas, uh, not the case over in Israel as it is a conflict that is uh, escalated to a point where uh, there's been death and destruction. It's just awful what is going on over there, of course, preceded by the horrific terrorist attacks that took place with Hamas. 
uh, on a music festival and then beyond outside that area. It's Pushing the Limits coming your way live from Las Vegas. The phone line 702-221-7283. I'm Chris Wynn in for Brian Shapiro, bringing my perspective to this situation. We're, we're not even going to get into the stuff regarding Washington, D.C. I know those of you that, that listen to our station here in Vegas, you got a chance to hear Doug Basham. You know, I'm a, another lefty here in studio, so I probably a lot of my opinions are probably along the same lines as Doug when it comes to all things Washington, D.C. and what's going on as far as the Speaker of the House and, you know, how the House represents a complete dumpster fire right now. But we're not even have time to get into that because I'm still talking about the, the, the terrorist attacks that have taken place in Israel. Dozens upon dozens of Israelis, and it's going to get, it, it's going to get into the hundreds of innocent civilians dying over there in terrorist attacks and now because of the response by the state of Israel right by their military entities that they're going to take on the Palestinians and on Hamas now look here's another thing too when talking about this it's important to make the distinction the state of Israel has declared war on Hamas they have not declared war on the Palestinian people very important point All right. Now, that doesn't give much solace to a lot of innocent Palestinian people that live in those regions, whether it's Gaza, whether it's the West Bank uh, and other areas around there. Right. That that, that doesn't give them solace, because unfortunately, when I talked about this in, in, in the beginning of the show or about 20 minutes ago, basically, when I brought up the rules of engagement, there are no rules of engagement. A lot of times in this conflict, there has been documented cases that are blatant, like, for example, when a terrorist organization like Hamas or Hezbollah commits a terrorist attack, that's not going along the lines of rules of engagement. That's cold-blooded killings. Those Those are killing people in cold blood. Those are... They're not even war crimes because we're not even talking about war, right? There's also documented cases. Yes, I'm going to go on the other side here. And I'm, I'm, let me say what Anthony Scaramucci said on Monday. Some people are going to get upset with me right now. There's documented cases of soldiers in the military for the state of Israel committing cold blooding killings as well, too. Two, three years ago, that journalist, the Palestinian journalist who's essentially her, was you know, instantly killed when she was shot in the neck in cold blood by an Israeli soldier. I know I'm bringing up anecdotal situations, but you understand the point I'm making. The point I'm making is there's documented atrocities on both sides here. Yes, I use that term both sides, but calm down, Jewish Americans and Israelis, if you're listening to the show. All right. I'm just trying to make a point regarding the entire conflict that is the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, not just what happened this week. There's a, you ask the question, why this is happening, why you have terrorist groups like Hamas and Hezbollah and other entities that have just blind and utter hatred towards Jewish people, Israelis, Jewish Americans, Jewish people, period. And there's a reason for it. Do I? Am I on board with it? Do I agree with it? Hell no, I don't. I do not. And again, I'm speaking from the outside, looking in, 
much like John did in the situation, much like John does, although I don't agree with John's viewpoints on certain things, aspects of this, all right? But there is an element of an outside looking in, whatever analogy you want to use, view from 15,000 feet, whatever you want to talk about regarding the overall conflict that is the Palestinian-Israeli conflict. 702-221-7283 is the phone number. Uh, We have Patrick joining us here on Pushing Limits. Patrick, we appreciate your phone call. How are you, sir? This is Gary. How are you doing, Chris? Gary, what's going on? Uh, I just want to compliment John uh, and and you because you're doing radio tight wire. You're doing it real good. Uh, I don't know anyone uh, could handle this particular uh, issue as well as as you are today. Um, I I just wanted to say two things. Uh, I think John was trying to say that Israel is like the mother of all endless wars. And uh, I don't have a dog in a fight, but in a way, everyone has a dog in the fight in a way. And I wanted to I wanted to reminisce. I seen 60 Minutes episode over 20 years ago, and I remember it well. It turned me off. They were interviewing Israel's uh, the settlements. The guy has he's a far right guy. He got an AK-47 with him. He's yelling that we're not Jerry Lewis over there, uh-huh. and he's yelling we're God's chosen people. Like you said, you're on a tight wire. You're trying to you know sort this all out. But there's uh, I guess there's anger and there's uh, blame to go all around. Uh, and uh, I, I just want to say, I think it's really ridiculous and irresponsible to put an Israeli flag at this time on the spear. Like, what are you just begging these guys to blow it up? Uh, what are you doing that for? You know, don't we care about Americans' lives? Well, no, no, no. So, uh, so, Gary, but let me respond to that. The reason why sure. it's on the spear, if it, it, by the way, it's not, it's not confirmed that that was the case. So it, it's, 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 it's it, right now, from my standpoint, I think it's fake. But even if it was... The, you're asking the question why 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 put it on there because you know pro Palestinian or terrorist organizations right like Hamas or Hezbollah will will now you know target the United States right because look look here's the deal Gary the ship has sailed when it comes to our stance in the United States of America our government stance we stand behind Israel the state of Israel you know that right that's our stance in America whether whether you agree with that or not. That happens to be the reality. The reality is that we stand with Israel, not just because of this attack. There's been numerous attacks uh, that have made by made by terrorist organizations and numerous uh, back and forth between uh, I'll call it the Palestinian, the Palestinian cause and the state of Israel. There's been numerous, numerous attacks. OK, so um, what we stand with Israel is the United States, as far as the United States' stance, and this is not a political thing as far as Republican or Democrat, and you can have your opinion like I do. And Gary, you have your opinion like I have my opinion. And sorry, we got to let you go because we have other callers too as well. You can have your opinion and, and say that, oh yeah, it's gonna, it's going to, it's going to make those entities attack us in the United States. Well, then, then that's that's a that's a uh, that's a danger that we're gonna have. Because we, as a country, the United States of America, our government is, use whatever term you want to use, in bed with, on the side of, in the camp of, we support Israel. We are an ally of Israel. There's no technical, official government entity that is the state of Palestine, right? There, there is no entity like that. 
the Palestinian people want there to be, and they want it to be recognized on the world stage as an entity, but it, but as of right now, it's not. In the reality, is there is there that element? Absolutely there is, right? In the West Bank and in Gaza, they control it, right? Like the, the PLO controls those areas inside those areas. Now, it's looked at as an occupation by the Israelis, by the Palestinians. And again, this goes back to the conflict. That is very complicated. And as, a, as an everyman, like I am, I'll talk about myself in the third person here, Chris Wynn, as the entity that I, as a person that I am, I'm not going to sit here and act like I have the answers. I don't. All right, because then Donald Trump would have appointed me instead of Jared Kushner to handle the whole Israeli-Palestinian conflict. And he didn't do that, and rightfully so. And Joe Biden wouldn't do it either. But I'm just reflecting on this and bringing a different perspective that Brian brought and that the rabbi brought yesterday and that the number of guests have brought throughout the rest of the week. 702-221-7283. Patrick joins us now here on Pushing Limits. Patrick, we appreciate your time. What is going on? Hey, buddy. Hey, refreshing conversations today, man. I'm, I'm, you're, you're, you're very humble in, in your dialogue, and, and that's very much appreciated. Um, Thank you. I thought uh, John earlier gave some great remarks. He definitely understood the, understands the concept of a blowback, right? which uh, Ron Paul years ago talked about many a times. Um, somebody that, that Brian seems to be a big fan or retweets quite often is uh, Mehdi Hassan. Uh, he, back in uh, 2018, did a report called The Blowback, How Israel Went From Helping Create Hamas to Bombing It. And there's a number of quotes in there from people that talk about how Hamas was utilized, was created, allowed to thrive to divide the nation of Palestine, kind of similar to our two-system politics that we have here, but they created and allowed this Hamas to thrive to offset the PLO and uh, their secular liberal government of that time and it blew back and, and carter in 2006 went to palestine oversaw an election that created and, and verified that hamas won the majority uh my point is is, is hamas is or hamas is israel is to hamas the same thing as uh you know the taliban is to the usa these are products of cia government mi mi6 intelligence agencies that never seem to get it right and the idea that this was all an intelligence failure, if you believe that, your intelligence has failed you. Because it's a lot more than that. This is probably has something or the big picture to spend more money, create more wars, and take more liberties and freedoms from the American people and the people from all over the world. Okay, your point's taken, Patrick. Look, I mean, uh, and you're getting kind of into the intricacies of how Hamas was created I don't know necessarily. If they, no, no, but it is important. No question. And uh, I believe, and look, I'm going flying by the seat of my pants here on the air, but I believe Hamas was, cre- was uh, uh, basically uh, uh, founded back in what, 1986, 87, around, around the late 80s, right? Yeah, around the late 80s, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, as yeah. an, as an that, entity. He was that, yeah. So but before that, there was a leader, a uh, blind cleric, and, and look, I'm not, I'm not, expert in, in Palestinian affairs, Middle Eastern right. affairs, but okay. what I understand there was a, a cleric that was arrested and had a you know big movement behind him. They let him out of jail. They didn't think he was a big threat. And and later, their their, their religion exploded. Their, their, the, 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 the scheme is, what happened was is the United States government allowed this guy to create a charity uh, organization that was tax-exempt. Millions of dollars likely was funneled to this organization to create churches and mosques and 
and schools that radicalize the people. And that was the objective. That was their goal. And it got away from them. It got out of control. And it's the same thing that happens with all of our foreign policy. When we take arms to, you know, we were funding the uh, Syrian rebels, you know, moderate rebels that ended up being ISIS. And and we got 80-something billion dollars that was dropped in Afghanistan. There's no telling where that those arms are. You're looking at the, the people in Palestine, these rebels, the people that are Hamas, they're, they're using American M4s. Those aren't the old AK-47. Those are military American military weapons. Okay, yeah, and look, look Patrick, your point's well taken. And look, I, I, I'm sorry we have, uh, we're kind of up against it here. I got, I got some other phone callers. I appreciate your phone call. Look, we, I understand that there's reasons why an entity like Hamas exists, right, and why they, ha- they have animosity towards the state of Israel. I get that. But uh, I don't know if you would agree with my point, when I, and I brought it up with John. Jewish Americans, Brian Shapiro, the, the rabbi that was on the show yesterday, any Jewish Americans around the country right now, they don't want to hear us talking about why Hamas exists. They don't, quite frankly, give a damn right now. Right. I brought up time and place. Right. They don't give a you know what uh, of, uh, about us talking about that. They don't care where, where it came from. All they are upset about right now is the fact that there was a terrorist attack in which, you know, a lot of Israelis, Jewish people and just um, Americans, period, or people that aren't even Jewish, maybe that that were in the way that are that are in that that were there at the music festival and around, got killed. That's that's what their focus is, and that's what they think we should focus on. And so that's why uh, I got into it, John, and, that, and that's what I, I would say to you, too, as well. Like, look, I get we're going to talk about things like that, and and we can be uh, in the camp of calling ourselves not having a dog in the fight, when, in fact, we actually do have a dog in the fight now because there's, Americans have been killed in this situation. Uh, it's really tricky. Hey, it's really tricky to start talking. You know, what? you 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 get what I'm saying, though, right, Patrick? So, do you? Want, I guess what I'm trying to say is, you understand why Jewish people don't want us talking about, you know, how Hamas came yes. about, or want to talk about the plight of the Palestinians, or want to talk about those kind of things, right? You understand why they they think that it's it's the wrong place in the wrong time. Well, same reason that people don't talk about the Taliban being created by the United States and that we created Osama bin Laden for the most part. He was a CIA right. asset. That we, these things have to be talked about and exposed. Mm. So the blame is put where it needs to be. And two wrongs don't make a right. Them killing citizens and, and women and children doesn't give us the ability or the Israel's the ability to go over and kill women and children for them, even if they're being protected by Hamas or used as decoys of Hamas. I, I think we need a a solution to the problem, which there may not be one. Well, there hasn't been. Well, Pat, look, there hasn't been a solution, right? I mean, we're talking about hundreds of years yeah, there's here. Not, there's not been, there's not been, a, there's been no magic bullet. No one's been able to figure out, all right? It doesn't matter if you're Israeli or if you're not Israeli or if you're Palestinian or if you're not Palestinian. Nobody has been able to find out the answer or the solution to the problem, right? That's kind of what we're talking so, about here. So That's why it still exists. But, but, but so. how, are, how are we so arrogant to believe that we have the solution when it's not even our problem and we don't even understand the problem 
as comprehensive. Well, I disagree with you do. saying it's not our problem. It's a, it is some of our problem. I mean, a part, it's a part of it well, is our problem. I mean, because we have I, I, I we, think we have again. enough problems here in the United States in our backyard to worry about where we don't have to humanize every war, everything that we're funding, every all the problems. Well, I'll that push we're back on that. Overseas. Look, we can walk and chew gum at the same time, Patrick. Right? We can walk and I mean, we can we can we can handle different situations. All at one time. That's what we can do as an as uh, an entity that is the United States of America, right? And the United States government. We can handle things, uh, you know, on on par, and we can and we can have we can attempt. I guess is the way I'll describe it. We can attempt to have solutions, right, and to fix things and to rectify things, and we can try to do that. Do we succeed? Absolutely not. Sometimes, and and well, again, we used, we used as your, the point example. you made, we, we're not we're not succeeding here. We, right, Patrick? We yeah. and I say we. Yeah. I'm talking about the world, the world community. Okay, and and, yeah. and exactly. certainly, We're certainly, on the same team here. Israel and the Palestinians haven't solved it. Right? I mean, it's been going on. It's been going on forever. It's been going on for lifetimes. Yeah, but, but so, hear me yeah. out. I'm very concerned about what is happening at our border, and you see the hatred over there that they have not for just Israel. They they hate America too, and and we have nine, ten million migrants, illegals, refugees, whatever you want to call them. I don't want to offend anybody, but we don't know where well, they are. We yeah, well, now you're getting into a different topic. Look, you, you can talk, you're, now you're going to the border. That's a different topic. And, uh, and Patrick, hey, we got to go. It's top no, of the hour, brother. The so we have to, this, hey, we have, Hamas. Yeah, I, I understand that, but there's, there's been no uh, terrorist attacks on our homeland from, from the southern, they uh, just from people from the southern a, border. Uh, Muslim, I know, but the uh, point, Patrick, the point is making is a different, tomorrow, it's a Friday different topic. 13th. Yeah, you're getting away from the, the main talk we're talking about here, which is Israel and Palestine. Hey, Patrick, have a great uh, week. We'll talk to you again soon, okay? We have to, we have to go to a break. Um, look, I get it. He wants to bring up the border, and, and th- that's going to create another. Patrick, you got to understand, it's Chris Wynn hosting the show, not Shap. Uh, and both of us can talk a lot. If you start, you start bringing up the border, then I have to go for another 25, 30 minutes, 45 minutes talking about that topic. So it's a, you're going a different direction. So that's why I cut you off. I apologize. Uh, it's PTL coming your way live on a Thursday. We're going to switch gears here because uh, we have the big seven footer, Paul McKeskey, 11 year NBA veteran. We're going to, I'm, I'm going to try to bounce maybe some current events and politics off of him as well, too. Some, some entertainment news. But we're definitely going to dive into some sports because we had the uh, NBA preseason matchup here in Las Vegas with the Lakers taking on the Nets. And that signifies, obviously, the preseason has started, which means the regular season is on the way. We'll talk some basketball much, much more with Paul McKeskey here on Pushing the Limits here on AM 1400, 107.1 FM, and streaming on the World Wide Web, YouTube, and beyond. We'll be right back after this. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east 
of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super. Hero, that is. Because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. The National Atomic Testing Museum is a national science, history, and educational institution that tells the story of America's nuclear weapons testing program at the Nevada Test Site. Located at 755 East Flamingo Road, just east of Paradise, the museum offers immersive, interactive experts for guests of all ages. The museum is Smithsonian certified and open seven days a week. For more information, visit nationalatomictestingmuseum.org. That's nationalatomictestingmuseum.org. It's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits here. I want to tell you guys about my good friends at the Postal Annex. They have a notary signing agent, on-site daily, no appointment needed, and they offer a full-scale of printing services from shipping labels to documents, business cards, banners, photos, and business signage. They're your passport service headquarters. They offer passport photos, and they can renew your adult passports. If you're traveling in a hurry, they can get those passports to you within seven days or less. Mailbox rentals with a physical street address, and they also receive your packages from Amazon, UPS, FedEx, USPS, and more. Here's the best part. If you're a Pushing the Limits listener, they have an introductory rate of only 39 bucks for a three-month service. You can't beat it. Give them a call. 702-873-8005. Check them out at 6130 West Flamingo Road. It's the Postal Annex. Tell them I sent you. Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Wynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702 702- Five four zero three three one one. When you bring your vehicle to Star Auto Care for Maintenance, you'll have a team of professionals at your service. Every one of our technicians has been factory trained and master status certified to ensure that you receive the highest quality and most effective service. Star Auto Care is located at 3540 East Tropicana Avenue, just east of Pecos. Star Auto Care is confident in their prices and will match any mechanic located within 20 miles. Bring your vehicle in today and let Star Auto Care give you the peace of mind you deserve when you service your car. Visit them online at starautocare.us. Limits coming away live on a Thursday, 107.1 FM here in Vegas, also 1400 AM side. And you can find us streaming on the World Wide Web at, at PTL Vegas on YouTube and, and Twitch and beyond. Phone number 702-221-7283. We've been having a discussion regarding the terrorist attack, obviously a horrific event that has taken place over in Israel. 
And uh, our guest now live in studio, he's an 11-time, 11-year veteran in the NBA, Paul McKeskey. We're going to get into some sports, talk to sports, but... Paul, as every American does, has his opinions, and he is, you know, you know educated as all get out on this. He's someone who's who's informed, and we love to have an opportunity to, to talk to him about these certain things. We do have a caller on the line, too, that we want to get to as well. And here, I was going to try to, uh, we have a little technical issues here as a... Uh, we check things out. But uh, again, the phone line is 702-221-7283. No question, Paul, that when you bring up the topic of do we have a dog in the fight here in the United States, right, when it comes to Israel and Palestine, and specifically Israel, obviously, right? There are other reasons why we do and it's not just because we feel like it's uh the right thing to do right or we feel like it's uh the the direction that we should go there's also this thing called money right that's involved and that becomes important doesn't it? yeah and uh, you know uh and i'm no expert or mm-hmm. uh, uh, politics or and or war uh but i do have an opinions and one thing i know is in the global situation of such as the world, uh, uh, we're not playing checkers. We're playing no. chess. Exactly. So you need to think way more steps ahead. Like I talked to someone the other day about the Ukraine, the battle in Ukraine, which we're forgetting about, right? Right? Anymore. Yeah. It's kind of taking yeah. the eye off the ball yeah. of what is so, Ukraine going on. Right yeah. So, but. You know, we're battling in Ukraine, uh, uh, Russia and Ukraine, not only to protect a democracy and root Ukraine, mm-hmm. but also we don't, don't think that if Putin gets Ukraine, he's not going to go far, farther. You know, he's like Hitler. Hitler wanted to take over everything yeah. and he would not stop. Mm-hmm. So the next step, guess what? Is my home country, Poland. Right. Which is, we are, uh, they're in, um, in the alliance with everybody. Exactly. So if, they get to that far, then at that point, thinking that far ahead, we will have military boots on the ground in Poland fighting a war. And we're trying to stay away from that by stopping that to happen. Uh, Israel is and has been a mess for a long time. And when you read in the Bible, you know, the, the, the battles going on in Israel have gone off for Billion, uh, millions of yeah, years. Forever. And when you read, it says they will not be uh, fixed Till the end of time. So, uh, but at the same time, uh, I was just reading that uh, we do between um, uh, services and goods back and forth with uh, Israel every year, $50 billion. Mm -hmm. That's a big number. It is, absolutely. And the other thing, Chris, is, you know, that's our really our biggest ally in the Middle East. And what's in the Middle East? Well, oil, Iran. Uh, everything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're, we're battling for that too. But, uh, you know, I understand, you know, I, I'm in the same mode as a lot of people, you know, let's take care of ourselves. And you know, I remember my dad talking about this, you know, in the sixties, yeah. you know, you know, why don't, you know, why are we going off to war? You know, so it's kind of a give and take, but you got to think past what's in front of you to what the future is when you're talking about these kind of, uh, Things. <laughs> I, I will say this too, Mo. There are some talking heads out there in the media 
that are trying to say, oh, yeah, this is just the start of World War III. And some people are even saying that we're already going into the war in World War III. Calm down, all right? We're not in World War III yet. We are not even in the initial stages of World War III. It was a terrorist attack that took place in Israel but you know that was carried out by Hamas, which is a militant terrorist organization that happens to be aligned with with the Palestinian cause. But it's not the beginning of World War Three, and yeah. that that inflammatory type talk can be detrimental to society. And yeah. so, I mean, if, if we, need, we need to calm down with that. If anything's close to World War Three, it's Ukraine. Exactly. Russia, yeah, that know. that would be something that would that would that would yeah. spearhead yeah. or uh, jumpstart anything that could be World War Three, right? And here's what yeah. America has done. Forever. Mm -hmm. When was the last battle, war, fought in America? It was against England. It was against England in America, yeah. Yeah, we fought our civil war against each other. But world wars weren't here. World War I wasn't here. Mm -hmm. World War II, Vietnam. They're not here because we're thinking ahead to try and prevent that from happening. Right. Um, You know, so... And, and thank God we have, uh, you know, Canada to our north, who's, you know, one of our brothers and uh, Mexico, which kind of goes back and forth is in flux, but we, we take care of that. So those are our closest borders. But when you think of history, we've never, there's never been attacks, you know, since Pearl Harbor, uh, you know, uh, you know, back in the day yep. that have been on our borders. Exactly. And there's a reason for that because we're playing chess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 702-221-7283. Let's take one phone call on this. With Carl. Carl's been waiting on the line patiently. Carl, we appreciate your phone call. How are you? Yeah, Chris. Hi. Listen, I, again, I have really no big dog in this fight, but you kind of remember back to when Israel was created. It was created by, I think it was the League of Nations uh, back after World War II and yeah. at the end when hundreds of, like 100,000 or so only Jewish people were uh, got out of concentration camps and whatever, and was sent to Israel, and it was made their homeland. Okay, right. there was like a hundred thousand or so at the time it was created, with millions of Arabs uh, around their country attacking them constantly, constantly attacking them, and they managed to hold their own. And uh, what's happening now is they're an ally of, of the United States. And what would happen to if other, what other countries are allies of us? If one of those other countries or our allies got attacked, we'd go to their defense, wouldn't we? Absolutely. No question about it. Well, well, it's the same thing. Right. This, Israel was attacked and we've gone to their defense. If, if England was an ally, as an ally of ours and they were attacked, we go to their defense. Well, that's the thing, though, Carl. It is happening, right? That's exactly becoming the reality. And I brought this up with Brian on Monday because he brought up, you know, there's some uh, lawmakers out there that are using terms like ceasefire, right? And other people who are uh, doing more than even I am doing, which is what I'm trying to, uh, I, I occasionally try to give the perspective that is the Palestinian cause, right? And and the reason why the, the certain things happen as far as, as far as, you know, attacks by Hamas or Hezbollah or entities that are on the side of Palestine. But right now, uh, the reality is what? The reality is the state of Israel is at war with Hamas, right? And that, again, we have have to keep focusing on that. They are at war with Hamas, not the Palestinian people. And and unfortunately, though, that gets complicated because you have, uh, you know, you have Hamas— and Hezbollah and these other entities that use people as human shields, right? They don't follow rules yeah. when it
when it comes to wartime, right? When it comes to rules of engagement, they don't follow. It, it's a free for all. So it becomes a problem in that you've got one entity that has terrorist attacks using as, as, as their motives. And then you have another entity that, that, that wants to take the moral high ground and say, well, no, we're just the state of Israel. We are a, we are a, country essentially that is defending ourselves and we're using our military assets to defend ourselves the problem that it gets tricky is yeah. that you're going into you know Gaza or the West Bank and you have a, a you know a uh, a collaboration if you will uh where you've got Hezbollah and Hamas mixed in right with with, this, with the, just the ordinary citizens, so people are going to get killed that are innocent people, and none of us wants that. So that's why it's such a, it's Look, such a quagmire and such an issue. I mean, yeah, basically, it's the same thing. Who yeah. was attacked in this whole situation? Innocent, Israel innocent, was innocent, attacked. innocent Israelis, American citizens, okay. and anybody that was there, right at the, at the music festival. Lots, lots of different. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, not to sound crass, but if you look Jewish or whatever, they, that maybe maybe these 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 animals attacked you, you know, and tried to cut your head off or and or I tried to rip it, you limb I, from limb. And yeah. I think if you looked American, they tried to capture you. It's hundred percent, right? Yeah. Hey, but, Carl, we have to you, we have to bounce, but uh, we appreciate yeah. your phone call. Thanks. Uh, have a great sure. Thursday. Um, you too. Yeah. Look, I mean, the the reality is this: State of Israel. Has has gone into military essentially exercises against Hamas. That's what's going to happen, um, and that's going to be the next phase here. And Jewish Americans like Brian, right, the rabbi who was in studio yesterday, and and people that are that are sympathetic to the state of Israel, they don't want to hear us non-Jewish people even making a case for the Palestinians. They don't want to hear that right now, right, because they're so furious as to what has happened in these terrorist attacks. And rightfully so. They should be furious. They don't want to hear it. Right, Paul? I mean, yeah, they just and, don't. The, and the people are hurting. And, yeah. uh, you know, I look back, um, uh, my basketball life has mm -hmm. taken me around the world. Right. I've been in Kiev. Mm -hmm. We played Ukraine national team. Yeah. And the city, uh, you know, the downtown area was beautiful and the people were beautiful. I've been in Tel Aviv. We played a tournament in Tel Aviv. Mm -hmm. And the people and the, and the, and the town. I've been to Jerusalem. I went and visited Jerusalem and, and all the history there. Uh, that's what's sad about all this is people are getting dragged in uh, to a military situation that aren't soldiers. It's crazy. Right. And uh, there is a I, I'm not going to disparage my own country. I, I, I'm a I'm a veteran who you know was in the United States Army. I have an, a, a, a monstrous appreciation of military commitment. Right. And And what it means to be in the military here in the United States. But that's taken to a whole new level in some of these other countries, right? Where you have these smaller countries where it is a part of your life, no, right? It, you don't have an option, no, right, Mo? It, like, yeah, you, like you, here you, in the United States, you have an option. You yeah. don't have to go in the military. Yeah. There's no, there's been any draft for decades, oh, right? Yeah. It's not a situation like that. Not the case, right? You talked yeah. about playing in these these other countries. Yeah. Even some of your fellow players that you played against, Mo, and that you've coached. They come from countries yeah. where it is a requirement yeah, that we, you're in the military. We had Wang Zhuzhu, uh, who's a, a Chinese player, a really mm -hmm. great player back yeah. in the day mm -hmm. in Dallas. Mm -hmm. And right after the season, yeah. uh, the military in China called him back to the country to serve his his uh, his uh, uh, a commitment, which mm -hmm. is not voluntary. Right. Uh, you know, and he had a battle with that because, you know, he was telling him, if I'm going to get better as a player, I need to stay in the United States to do my craft but uh yeah i mean 
you know, Ukraine, you look at the Ukraine war and what was happening there, civilians like me were going to get weapons, uh, you know, from the police stations and the military bases to, to help fight the, the war. And, mm -hmm. uh, and that's why I talked about earlier that we've never faced that here in the United States. Right. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and you know what? <laughs> I would pity the country that did that to us because I know the people in this country and it would be un, Believable what response we would have. Oh, can you yeah. imagine? So, I mean, you just be... talked about it. Like, <laughs> we haven't had any type of theater. I'll call it theater as someone's been in the military, right? Where there's actually been, uh, war going on on our soil for decades, for decades, right? The so, last is, uh, can uh, you imagine, Mo, if there was actually like some country trying to invade the United States and right. try to come onto our soil? Mm -hmm. People trying to roll up on, uh, you know, Little Rock, Arkansas, or, you know, or, <laughs> Or, uh, what about Perumph? Or everybody you know, has Perumph, 10 guns Perumph, in Perumph. Nevada, <laughs> or, or, or even Reno, right? Or, or you know, yeah. or <laughs> some of the some of the towns around our country, <laughs> it would be laughable. It'd be like that. It'd be like that uh, that song by the country singer. What, what was it? What was the country singer? Not that in my song. town or something. Not 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 in our town. Yeah, that, the, that, Jason uh, Aldean. It'd be like the Jason Aldean song, right? Yeah, yeah. But See I, how far that gets you down the road. <laughs> Anybody trying to invade the United States and try to roll up on our citizens? Come that on. Would be, yeah, That'd I, be rough. I think, rough God, I think, if I'm not a historian, but I think Pearl Harbor is the last attack on right. our soil, per se. So, And it was a surprise can, attack. Yeah, that yeah, was, uh, and we, yeah. obviously the history is documented. I have an uncle uh, on that. who was on one of those ships. He was a gunman. Mm -hmm. and yeah, that was, that was, but that was the last time. Um, I don't think anybody's silly enough to do that. Yeah. It's Pushing the Limits Country. We're live on a Thursday. Chris Wynn in for Brian Shapiro. We're joined by uh, longtime NBA veteran Paul McKeskey here live in studio. And philosopher. Uh, and philosopher. Coach. <laughs> Man, it's not all. the guy. The guy is wired in, folks. Uh, long time career with the Cavaliers, the the uh, Pistons, the uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, and uh, Golden State Warriors. So uh, you made the transition a smooth transition right there, Mo, to a little basketball. Uh, the Lakers in town this week took on the Brooklyn Nets in preseason, and so that means uh, preseason is a full swing, which means the regular season's right around the corner. Fast, yeah. Now, uh, the, co the host of the show, Brian Shapiro, Mo, oh. was at game two of the WNBA finals. Now, normally he's there, Mo, in a journalistic capacity, he's right? You, As right? a member of the media. Usually he's covering the actual game. That was not the case last night, Mo. I don't know if you've seen any of the videos yet or pics. I watched the game. Of Shap. Shap was sitting <laughs> courtside like he was Spike Lee at Madison Square Garden. Watching Mo back in the nineteen in nineteen eighty nine, uh, he was sitting courtside with Vivica Fox and uh, checking out the game. Had a spiffy new nice shirt on, nice sport coat. I knew he just it was that. very I not. It was that, very man. not Brian Shapiro esque, <laughs> but he and it was his, rather fun. He had his traditional hat on though. So. He did have his traditional Peaky heard. Blinders hat. Do you ever watch the show Peaky Blinders? <laughs> uh, yeah. He looked very. He looked very Tommy Tommy Shelby esque. On the uh, on you know the sidelines there, well, you know what I noticed when you know because well, you know Linda and I were watching and oh, right. there he is and he looked really small didn't he sitting in that he, well he he's he's small. not exactly he's not he's not the Rock right <laughs> he, he's not he's not but, the biggest guy in the but world he looked like really small like a little kid watching the game <laughs> and I, and I was making the comment and this isn't like anything like a bad racial comment folks so calm down don't go after him but he did, he looked very white okay when he was on <laughs> oh, there he, he looked very white because he's he's a very very white guy as a white guy from one white guy to one white guy he looked very white I think he glows yes he, he, he was actually glowing out there <laughs> but it led me to a question so Mo it led me to a question I'm thinking about it you know 
you're someone who's played it at the highest level. You played in, you know, in some of the, in, in the most spectacular arenas in the world. You played in the NBA. Was there ever an experience where there was, where there was a celebrity, a former player, somebody sitting courtside where you're like, Oh, wow, that's super cool. They're, 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 they're taking their time to sit courtside and watch me and my team play in the NBA mode. Yeah, and I think it, it wasn't done like it is now. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, in the playoffs in the NBA, you go to any arena, Milwaukee or anywhere, and there's celebrities everywhere, and they point them out. Yeah. They're on TV. Uh, but that wasn't the case really back when I played. The place that was started it all was the Forum right. and the Los Angeles Lakers, and Jack Nicholson was the first mm-hmm. guy to sit right courtside. That's why those seats for people out there, if you're a salesperson in the NBA or mm-hmm. any other League, those are called Nicholson seats. They're yeah. right on the court. And those are very valuable. And I remember playing in the forum, playing the Lakers, the old, uh, showtime with magic and that. And, you know, you, you, you see Jack Nicholson there. Uh, I saw, you know, like John Travolta and, and people like that, yeah. that were in it, but it was usually only in that place in LA, sometimes in New York. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I remember. <laughs> they weren't storming to the uh, Richfield Coliseum just outside of Cleveland to, oh, no. to go check out check out your game. They weren't they weren't piling into the Pontiac Silverdome, to, you know, oh, no. or that, or uh, or Cobo Hall to go to go check out my I, Detroit Pistons. I remember playing in, in the Forum. I grew up in L.A., so mm-hmm. yeah, know, my parents would come to the game. And uh, I, when I was with the Bucks, you know, back then I was kind of known as an enforcer off the bench and yeah. played physical and. And I remember getting ready to go in the game for Bob Lanier or somebody, and someone grabs my shoulders from behind me and starts rubbing on my shoulders and leans into my ear and says, hey, Mo, don't go in there and beat up my my Lakers. And I turn around, it was Jack Nicholson. That's great. (laughs) He oh, saw me get ready to go in the game. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean that's what I'm talking about, though. The entity it, it is it is so much larger now, though, right? Mo, oh, as far yeah. as like the celebrity entity, mm-hmm. obviously the NBA is much bigger. Basketball has become a global game, and so uh, and and you have these nice arenas where you have, as you pointed out, the Jack Nicholson seats. Right there's Gucci Row uh, uh, across the league. Right, well, Miami that, is yeah. is a big arena now where you'll get. You know, you know, you get sliced alone down there, and and uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Well, the and, forum you know, was yeah. the first one that did that. You could sit on the court side, and then at halftime and after the game, you went through the tunnel, and there was the Forum Club. Mm-hmm. It was a restaurant bar. Yeah, you know, no one other like Garden and Boston Garden. They didn't have those. Everybody has them now. Right. If you see, if you watch a game like the in uh, American Airlines Arena in in uh, Dallas or. Uh, you know, in my wherever they are, those people that sit on the courtside seats, when they leave, they go underneath and there's sky, there's boxes back there, restaurants yeah. and all kinds of stuff back there. Absolutely. Well, even, even myself who's in the media, we get, we, we have an opportunity to go to some of those areas too. So we do see those, ent- those, uh, amenities is what I'll say when it comes to the availability, right? right? And of course, in Los Angeles, it's continued there at crypto.com arena. It used to be Staples Center where they, at, at the, they used to have the forum club in LA. Right at at at, at the at the fabulous forum in L.A. in Inglewood, uh, where there's notorious stories about that place well, and about look, the celebrities. If you and, watch HBO yeah. and Winning yeah. Times, yeah, exactly. you know they they take you back there. And uh, you know I I played for 12 years. I think I only went through that club like twice after a game. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was interesting. <laughs> yeah, no question about it. So, uh, but but uh, Brian Shapiro, not the media. I mean, uh, in his media role yesterday, he was hanging out with Vivica A. Fox. And, uh, you know, some, for, uh, uh, Cynthia Cooper and, uh, Cheryl Swoops and some others. And, uh, 
and uh, kind of hobnobbing, rubbing shoulders with the celebs. We know Shap; he's not a celeb, but 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 hey, it's it's super cool to get that opportunity. And and you know, hey, I mean, look, it's it's game. It was game two of the WNBA Finals, Mo. The Aces just one win away from back to back championships in the WNBA. Solid accomplishment, no question about it, right? When you're talking about uh, this team and how good they've been. It's really surprised because, you know, I've watched and and even Brian had mentioned that Mm -hmm. the uh, the Liberty, the New York Liberty are a bad matchup for the Aces because they're really physical. They have uh, uh, a Jones in the post who's a physical presence, hard matchup. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the first game, you know, it was uh, back and forth, and then uh, the second half, the Aces just ran ran them out of the gym. Now, I thought the Liberty, because I watched them play Connecticut a little bit, and I thought they would come back with a vengeance. And instead, uh, which is hard to do, the Aces, who owned game one, came back on fire to start the game two, yeah. which usually never happens. Usually a team, you go out in game one and, and kick the team's butt, Next game, you're kind of flat when you come out. You're like, okay, we'll see what happens. But they did the opposite, and they took control of the game. And the main thing is, uh, and I believe going back to New York, and I mean, if I'm on the staff of the Liberty, I would have done this in game two. Mm -hmm. You need to slow the game down. Because when when the Aces are running, forget about it. They have so much talent, so much shooting. Uh, You know, they get up and down. They scored over 100 points in a 40-minute game. You know, you got to slow it down and pound it inside, get them in foul trouble, make it a 70 to 75 game. Mm-hmm. And uh, if they don't do that in game three, I think the Aces can sweep. But if they do uh, do do that, pound it inside, slow the game down and win game game three, game four is going to be an all-out battle because no one wa- the Aces don't want to go to game five. You never want to go to a game five or seven, whichever that is. Yeah. And But, uh, yeah, the, the Liberty have to – and uh, – by going up and down, you took uh, uh, Brianna um, Stewart Stewart out of the yep. game, right? Yeah. Yep. She had like 16, 18, you know, mm-hmm. good game, but not what she's capable of doing. You don't even notice her on the court a lot of the time. So they have to remedy that. Uh, I don't know the, the Liberty coaching staff, uh, but if I'm looking at film on that plane back, and, you know, we got three days, right? I'm going, yep. we need to slow the game down, run half-court stuff, and uh, get this thing under control. Yeah, there's no question that uh, that – the the head coach Sandy Brondello and that New York staff is going to be have their work cut out for him right to try to switch things around here when it comes to this series. I was in that camp, Mo, that uh, that you talked about, that Brian talked about. In that, I thought that the New York Liberty were a more physical basketball team, and I thought that was going to be one of their big advantages in this series for them to win the series. It just hasn't transpired that way. It just hasn't come yeah, come to fruition pa- really at all. The- Pace of the game, the high pace of the game takes away physicalness and brings in skill, shooting, and athleticism. Exactly. That's why. And uh, a big part of that was, of course, uh, you know, Kelsey Plum getting in the lane, get you know, uh, uh, being able to have her way essentially offensively, uh, making a ton of layups that uh, seem like they're uncontested, but it's just because of her quickness. But uh, that was clearly evident in game one. In game two, it was just. uh, as you pointed out, the Aces just ran away in Game Two, and and were just clearly the better basketball team overall. So I don't know how Liberty fixed this, especially when, as you just talked about, it's a five game series as opposed to a seven game series. Which, by the way, I think is kind of you know, know a sidebar on this. Yeah, why why are they playing five game series yeah. in the, in the I mean, finals? Even I, that, give me a break. Yeah, I mean, come even on, back in the yeah. day in the NBA, believe mm-hmm. it or not, yeah, first round three game, second round five game. And the uh, East Finals and the, and the NBA Finals, seven game. Yeah. That's what we did back in the day. So I don't know why they don't have a seven game, but 
know. Just from every standpoint, right, Mo? As far as money, right? As far as interest, as far as extending it, as far as all, all the entities. I don't know why you wouldn't have a seven-game series. Would, yeah, and I would but. say there's more a chance in a five-game series that the better team doesn't win. Mm-hmm. In a seven-game series, there's a very slim chance that the better team doesn't win a seven-game series unless there's in major injuries. Yeah. Uh, Mo, Paul McCaskey joining us here live in studio on PTL. We'll take our final break. And we'll come back. We'll talk some NBA. Uh, the Lakers and the Nets were in town for a preseason game on Monday. Myself and Brian covered the game. There was, uh, there was about eight media members at the post game press conference that included head coach Darvin Ham for the Lakers and also LeBron James and, and Anthony Davis, a preseason post game press conference. Very interesting, Mo. I got to bounce off a couple Vegas, of things baby. that happened <laughs> in that press conference and uh, a couple of topics with uh, longtime NBA veteran Paul McKeskey here live in studio. It's Pushing the Limits coming away on a Thursday, 107.1 FM, 1400 AM, and streaming on the World Wide Web on YouTube at PTL Vegas. everybody are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of brooklyn that true blue new york style pie well worry no more stallone's italian eatery pizza is a knockout we're located at 467 east silverado ranch boulevard just off of premium road half a mile east of south point casino just minutes from the las vegas strip come by and grab a slice of pie plus check out our brooklyn inspired italian cuisine our sandwiches are super hero that is because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits here. I want to tell you guys about my good friends at the Postal Annex. They have a notary signing agent, on-site daily, no appointment needed, and they offer a full-scale printing services from shipping labels to documents, business cards, banners, photos, and business signage. They're your passport service headquarters. They offer passport photos, and they can renew your adult passports. If you're traveling in a hurry, they can get those passports to you within seven days or less. Mailbox rentals with a physical street address and they also receive your packages from Amazon, UPS, FedEx, USPS, and more. Here's the best part. If you're a Pushing the Limits listener, they have an introductory rate of only 39 bucks for a three-month service. You can't beat it. Give them a call. 702-873-8005. Check them out at 6130 West Flamingo Road. It's the Postal Annex. Tell them I sent you. Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Wynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702 540 3311. 
Whether you're a corporate executive, on a family vacation, or just passing through, St. George Inn & Suites will meet your specific needs. It's conveniently located near restaurants, shopping, and movie theaters. St. George Inn & Suites offers a variety of room types, two fabulous pools and jacuzzis, a fitness center, a free full hot buffet breakfast, and laundry facilities. To make your booking, call 435-673-6661 or book online at stgeorgeinnhotel.com. You need to stop in Southern Utah? Make that stop at St. George Inn & Suites. STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and the latest lines on every game. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards on every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to StationCasinoSports.com or sign up at any Station Casino, Fiesta Wildfire, or the El Cortez. Details at the Sportsbooks. Hey, everybody, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub? When you can be a hero, Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. The Farmer's Burger from Farmer Boys. Beef, bacon, cheese, hand-smashed avocado, and fresh veggies. Best burger champ. That's how we drop the mic. Farmer Boys. Farm food ain't fast food. Farmer Boys' new always crispy fries stay crispier and tastier all the way home. If they make it home, sharing is caring. Farmer Boys, farm food ain't fast food. Jumper's Jungle Family Fun Center is an indoor children's jump and party space in Las Vegas located at 2050 South Rainbow Boulevard. Kids of all ages can come and jump on our bouncers, race through the obstacle courses, speed down the mega slides, slam dunk into the basketball hoops, and much more. Are you looking for that perfect birthday party venue? Look no further. Jumper's Jungle has a party package that will fit your needs. Check out the open play schedule online at jumpersjungle.com or call 702-463-JUMP. It's time to jump your way to fun at Jumper's Jungle on the corner of Oki and Rainbow. Pushing the limits, coming away live on a Thursday. Chris Wynn in for Brian Shapiro. Shaps out at the Shriners Hospital for Children's Open. Checking out some golf. He's a golf guy. That's his thing. Golf. Golf, tennis. Uh, going, sitting sidelines with celebrities at WNBA games. Ping pong champion. He's a, he's a superstar. Ping pong. Player. By the way, he showed me an ad, Mo and Nunchuck. When he was a kid. From back in the '90s, I think '95-ish, when he was a kid, <laughs> and he was he was featured as a amateur champion, I believe. Mm-hmm. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, paddle sponsorship. Shapiro. Or something. <laughs> because now in his 40s, he doesn't ha- he doesn't have that real you know athletic physique. I tell you. And what, by the way, I don't either. I'm not. I'm not but I'm, I'm, I'm tell saying you what, I played in that charity golf tournament <clears throat> with him. Yeah. Uh, a while back, he can swing Ooh, the sticks, right? Man, he, hit he can play yards some golf. Like nothing every time. Woo. He's a golfer, so he's out there at Shriner. So I'm in for him today. I'll be in for him tomorrow as well too. 
hosting Pushing the Limits. So Paul McCaskey joining us here live in studio. Mo, long time career in the NBA. We've been talking some basketball and some current events. And uh, this week, uh, Monday, there was Monday Night Football, Mo, obviously with the Raiders taking on the Packers. Big time game there in the NFL. There was also a preseason game. The Lakers took on crazy. the Brooklyn Nets, right? In front of probably, there's probably solid eight to 10,000. <clears throat> excuse me, at T-Mobile Arena for that game on Monday. Myself and Brian covered it. And you think preseason, right, Mo? You think, oh, you know, they, they might send out the coach post game, maybe a player that did, that played decent, maybe Christian Wood because he used to be a UNLV running All rebel, right. right? And it's in Vegas. So they have a post game press conference and who comes out? LeBron James and Anthony Davis, who played in the game. By the way, the Lakers in the game. I'm not going to talk too much about the game, but they had their starting five out there for the regular season for oh, a, a big part of the yeah, first yeah, half, yeah. which is what they do. I'm sure. Well, you're 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 a veteran who's played preseason games. Yeah. I'm sure they just want to get you know kind of lather up, get a chance to get some cohesion among the yep. players. So that's why they did it. So LeBron and AD both played in the game, and they of course post game press conference really wasn't about the game. Uh, more so, it was in Vegas, and so obviously there's been the discussion of expansion mode. And so a couple of questions were tossed out to both of them. I asked a question to Anthony Davis about uh, the experience of playing in Vegas, right, uh, being that the, he, along with LeBron, had had numerous chances, whether it be preseason or with U- Team USA, basketball here, and other I, times. I AAU back in Right, and AAU as well, too. And uh, then uh, uh, Brian Shapiro, as well as Arash Markazi, who uh, has his own entity now, used to be with ESPN as a, as a beat writer for the Lakers, started to ask LeBron about expansion here in Las Vegas. Now, look, there's been a uh, more recently in the news discussion of kind of a back and forth is the way I'll put it, Mo, when it comes to LeBron James and Shaquille O'Neal being the face of that new expansion franchise here in Las Vegas in the NBA. I want to, I'm interested in your thoughts on that, given that, you know, I think about it and I just, if, from my own personal standpoint, my, my own personal opinion, I think it'd be better if Shaq was kind of the guy that was the face other than LeBron, because I think LeBron has other options and LeBron, uh, from his family interests, I think it, it's, it's not exactly a great fit. For me, I'd be more on board with Shaq, but your thoughts on, uh, first expansion to Las Vegas as an NBA franchise, and then the possibility of two huge names in the sport, like LeBron James or Shaquille O'Neal being kind of the figurehead of that. Yeah, well, first off, the NBA is coming here. It's not a question of – it's a question of when, not if. Yes. Uh, I think uh, in two years, maybe three, because the NBA TV deal is coming up. So when they renegotiate, then they can renegotiate with two new teams – one being in Las Vegas, and I think the other one will be in Seattle. And I think they'll move Minnesota into the east, which Minnesota's in the west now, which never mm-hmm. made sense to me anyway. You know, yeah. so, and I think that's the balance. Um, so it is coming. The NBA, uh, I've been, I've been part of the NBA for, let's see, 12 years as a player, uh, eight years in the NBA development league. That's 20. And seven years as an NBA coach. So that's 27 years of my life. I've been intertwined with the NBA in some way or another. And one thing I know is they don't do anything willy-nilly. Right. So when I first moved here to Las Vegas five years ago, uh, I said, well, here's, here's what happens. Here's what the NBA does. Uh, WNBA team, let's see how they do. 
uh, G League team. Let's see what they do. And then let's see the overall response of everything, and then we'll go into that market. Well, guess what? Uh, you know, the the uh, the Golden Knights came in, an NHL franchise, and did phenomenal. But they went to the Cup the first year and mm-hmm. didn't win it. But uh, now the Aces came and ended up winning a championship. They averaged like seven, 8,000 a game and have had sellouts before. And now the G League team is up in Henderson. Mm-hmm. And attendance is only okay, but they see a response from that. So actually, when you bring a franchise here um, uh, in the next couple of years, that Ignite in Henderson will be their G League team, and it will be right in connection with them. Yeah. That's how the NBA works. Let's mm-hmm. see this. Let's see that. And now the next step is – Okay, everything has been great, so let's send an NBA team here. So a concern I have, though, right, is that you talked about the Aces. It wasn't necessarily an expansion team, right? It was the San Antonio Silver Stars that came here, and then kind of all the, all the planets aligned, and the team ended they, they you know, obviously they hire Becky Hammond. Bill Lambeer was the coach, and Bill Lambeer, it wasn't like he, the team was terrible when he no, was they're, here. They're so, so, they're, they're, so my point being is they're a decent team, right? They were not a, a quote-unquote expansion team. You talked about what the Golden Knights were able to do. That's kind of extraordinary what that's, has happened. Yeah, and they're going to be making documentaries, by the way, about this franchise because of uh, the extraordinary nature that is the Golden Knights being able to have a cup in six, go to the cup in year one, and everything that's transpired there. What's going to be different, right, about the NBA is it's going to be a true expansion team. Outside uh, outside the remote possibility, right, Mo, that they get the New Orleans Pelicans that come yeah, here yeah, or, say, the Clippers decide gonna, to come here. It's not going to happen. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? But, yeah. but the point I'm trying to make yeah. is that it's not going to be a team that moves. It's going to be a, a start-from-scratch expansion team in the NBA. And what does that mean, Mo, when you're talking about that? Well, number one, uh, the reason I'm saying they're not going to move a team here mm-hmm. is because it's financial. Right. So if, uh, if a team, let's say, uh, from uh, the Clippers or something moves here, mm-hmm. uh, I think the, uh, movement fee for the league is, you know, is like, uh, $500 million or something like that. Okay. So that goes to the other owners, right? Yeah. If an expansion team comes here, that's probably $4 billion that part of it goes to the owners. So it's a money mm-hmm. thing. They're not going to have that happen. Right. Uh, the second thing is, <clears throat> you're talking about Shaq or versus LeBron mm-hmm. in ownership. Number one, e- neither one of them can own the team outright or be a major owner. They mm-hmm. don't have enough money. That's a good point. And people yeah. think, that's crazy. Shaq has hundreds yeah. of millions of dollars. LeBron the everyman just looks at it, right, Mo? And says, wait a minute, yeah. they had tons of money. But what do you mean? If you look yeah. at the NBA, you have to be a billionaire. When I... Mm-hmm. When I Coach for the Dow, uh, with the Dallas Mavericks for five years. Mm-hmm. Mark Cuban had just bought the Dallas Mavericks the year before. And he, uh, uh, is a billionaire, uh, by three. Uh, he, he made three billion dollars selling his, uh, company. Well, right now I think he's 15 on the list of, uh, owners in the NBA yeah. of, uh, of, uh, a value. Mm-hmm. So that says, you know, how much it takes to buy an NBA yeah. team. It's, uh, to have a team here in Vegas is going to cost four, four and a half, maybe five billion dollars right off the top. Right. And let alone, uh, operating. So, but, uh, I think if they team up with someone that has a ton of money, I'm talking about tens of billions of dollars, uh, then really I, I kind of agree with you, Shaq, cause he already has a house here. He lives mm-hmm. here. Um, you know, he, He's DJ here. He's got restaurants here. You know, that would be a good fit. But 
Either way, whoever comes here has to have an owner that has a ton of money mm -hmm. because we know Vegas is about winners, right? They don't support losing teams. Just look at UNLV basketball team mm -hmm. over the years. Yep. In the 90s, with Tark here, crazy. You couldn't buy a ticket. You couldn't find a ticket. Now, you know, they're getting better now, but they've had a slump, and it's tough to sell tickets. So in an NBA expansion team, uh, you're going to pick some of the bottom eight, uh, bottom four players of each team. You get to pick one. And then uh, you get to draft. But then you need free agents. And one thing that Vegas has, if you have money and an owner that's willing to spend, mm -hmm. players want to come here. They want to live here. They want to play here. So, you know, if I can offer you $20 million to play here next year and you're an all-star or $30 million, you know, you want to pick Seattle or you want to pick Las Vegas. Most 80% of the free agents will pick Las Vegas. So that's a head up that they have. But you have to have an owner with a lot of money that's willing to spend it because you're going to need on an NBA uh, expansion team, you need two or three legitimate stars to be able to be co competitive the first year or, yeah. or you're not. And if you go the other route, let's build and, you know, through the draft and all this stuff, you talk about five, six years down the road yeah. and then who cares anymore? So. I think, you know, Vegas, uh, there's so many ex-players and current players that live here now. And right. coaches, by the way. Ty Lu lives here, uh, uh, you know, in the offseason, a lot of guys. So there is that draw that puts Vegas ahead as far as expansion team. If they do it right, you have to do it smart, though. Like, you can't, in my opinion, let's go get uh, uh, Kyrie Irving and Luka. Mm -hmm. They play the same position. Don't do that. You do what, like, the Spurs did. You know, they had Tony Parker, they had Ginobili at the wing, and, and they had um, a Duncan in the post. Mm -hmm. Three different positions. That's what the great teams are doing now. So you go get a really, really good guard. It's going to cost you $30, 40000000 Then you go get a, a legitimate wing, and then you got to get a decent big, and then you build around them. And uh, I'll add on to your point that you made regarding the draw of Las Vegas, right? And uh, you can speak to this as a former player and, and as a former coach in the NBA – no state income tax, right? In Florida, it's a big advantage Texas. for teams like like the Orlando Magic and the Miami Heat when I cover the Magic. Um, in Texas, right? You, you worked for the Dallas Mavericks, right? No state tax down there. They have an advantage in that case. And that's the situation here in Vegas. And you've seen it, by the way, already with the pro teams here, right? With the Raiders getting the likes of Devontae Adams. Uh, Devontae had a connection to the West Coast. That's a, re a main reason why he came back. But uh, it, it certainly doesn't hurt, right? That professional athletes don't have no state income tax doesn't hurt anybody, even private citizens out there that uh, in the business world that uh, there's no state income tax here. But certainly it is an extra draw, right? And the for draw here in Las of the Vegas. city. I mean, yeah. you know, shows and concerts and all every sport. You know, it's where players are going to want to be. It's a draw. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if you're a free agent in the NBA, you know, where did Lillard look for, look at first? Miami, South Beach, right? Yeah. Or L.A. Mm -hmm. You know. Uh, you know, uh, he ended up in Milwaukee, which he wasn't happy about at first till he got there and saw who was playing there, Gian uh, Giannis and those guys. Uh, but that's the first draw is where are you at? And Vegas is a huge draw. I would put them, uh, New York because of the media, LA, Miami. And I would put, you know, there's, uh, you know, Chicago's kind, but I would put Vegas up there with that draw for as far as free agent players are. It's prominent and other prominent people in other industries, right? Mark Wahlberg in the in the film industry, right? I mean, the proximity to Los Angeles obviously big for him. Uh, that that Vegas has the, the easy you know puddle jumper right to L.A. But uh, th that's another factor as to why it uh, is a big draw coming here 
to Vegas. Uh, this is another thing I want to bounce off you too. So, um, and you talked about the competitiveness, right? And what it would take as far as getting the fans fired up here for franchises. We brought up the circumstances regarding the Golden Knights. We brought up the Aces. We brought up the Raiders. And the NFL is the NFL. It's kind of its own animal, right? So uh, they're going to be able to weather the storm on this, that the Raiders just aren't very good. And there's other reasons why the Raiders aren't good. It's because they don't have a good head coach. I don't think that uh, the general manager is very good in this situation. I think he can be a good general manager, but I think it's it's rough sledding right now for the Raiders, period. Um, the Aces are doing their thing, and uh, there's kind of a revamp when it comes to UNLV sports as well, too. But your, your opinion regarding uh, a franchise here, if the team stinks, Mo, right? If they're just bad which they probably are going to be because of all the all the aspects that you brought up regarding, uh, you know, they're going to have, uh, you know, the bottom of the barrel teams. They're going to get, uh, look at high draft picks, but you don't know how these kids are going to pan out, you know, coming into the NBA. How do you think Vegas will react if a team ends up being really bad the first three, four years? I think it'll be a tough sell. But one yeah. thing that Vegas has over all the other cities is – People want to come here. So, like, when I, I went to tailgate for the um, for the Packers-Raiders uh, yeah. game, 20,000, 30,000 Packer fans. And that's the Packers and the Raiders who are both not good this year, yeah. right? I mean, they're yeah. not so, good teams. So, so yeah. teams, you know, so. like <laughs> Oakland A's, right, one of the worst teams right. in baseball. Mm-hmm. If they come here, one of the f- fallbacks they have is, well, you know what? If uh, if I'm a Yankee fan and I'm in New York, and, 100%. You know, I might want to come make a trip, a three-day trip to Vegas. Absolutely. So I think the NBA team would have that also. Celtic fans, Buck fans, especially in the winter, right? Yeah. They would want to travel. Laker uh, fans? you kidding me? Lakers. Yeah. Warriors. Yeah. So they'll want to travel. Kings. Up half- yeah. The, the, so that's a fallback for your mm-hmm. for your franchise. However, you can't rely on that because, God forbid, you have more fans, Laker fans, than you have – uh, Vegas uh, Vipers or whoever you want to call them, you know, you want you want to make your own and sell your own merchandise. That's where the money is. So uh, it's really important. And people out there have no idea. And I've been involved in a long time. I would say pr- almost half NBA teams, front offices, and and the such don't do a good job. Mm-hmm. They don't know what they're doing, or they they make choices for the wrong reasons. And that's why it's so important for the Vegas franchise to start making decisions right from day one. You got to get a great coach, great GM, which you can get if you have money, right? And then you got to follow a path of, you know, this, we we can't be crappy in year four. Right. We can't. Mm -hmm. Now we can, we can be maybe almost make the playoffs in game one. Then we got to make the playoffs in game two. Mm -hmm. And then we got to do damage in the playoffs in year three. Yep. And then go for the championship later on. And you do that with free agency, not with guys you pick up at the end of benches. You do it with free agents. You go after the right ones though, the ones you can build around. They're going to be older probably. They're going to be 32, but that's okay. And you can bring, bring in young guys and they will adapt to that. Uh, I think. You know, I think the final, the fi- NBA finals next year, this year is going to be crazy. Uh, I, I had the Bucks because I am a Buck and, mm-hmm. you know, I, I like them, but Boston made a great move. They got Holiday. Why is it a great move? Because he yeah. fits. He's a point guard and you have Tatum and Brown on the wings and you have Pozingas. It fits. Why are the Bucks good? Because they have, uh, Damon Lillard, a great guard. Mm-hmm. They have, uh, Giannis, who is, uh, a great, 
It's a big, uh, athletic. They have Lopez, who's a great big. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have Middleton, yep. who can be a great, so they all fit. You can't have three guys that, well, we got, we got three of the best free agents. Yeah, but they all play the same position. You mean you can't have five Stefan Marbury's, Mo? No. You can't do that? You can't have five Westbrooks or five any of those <laughs> or Hardens. Right. You know, but, yeah. but you got to start making decisions from the get go. Right. And, and you're going to have, there's going to be a budget, but unless they're free agents is how you, you, you don't start crappy. <laughs> exactly. And you yeah. made the point, like, year one, okay, we can we can deal with the novelty, right, of all those other teams coming in town, whatever it is, the all-in-that arena, I think it's going to be called, or whatever, the, you know, the arena, the the ap- opportunity to go and enjoy that atmosphere of NBA what, basketball. What is that arena? I, th- I think, I think all-in-that arena is going to be, the uh, uh, that's the proposed arena by the... Possible ownership, yeah. I guess, is the way I'll describe it. That when it comes to the end, I don't think they're playing at T-Mobile. They're not going to play at T-Mobile. No, but that that's yeah. the one that's been on hold for like years. That, yeah, it's yeah, been hey, bantered hey, around. Let me tell you that, Chris. It's well, not happening. It's not going to happen? That ain't happening. But but so, so you be, think they're going to play, and then the no, NBA franchise is going to play at T-Mobile? No, there's going to be an arena built on okay. a Blue Diamond. Okay. The, uh, the uh, group from Seattle already purchased that land. They're already working okay. by my house. Yeah. And that's where the new arena will be. Okay. So, But you have a leisure now that, okay, we're going to build a billion or whatever arena but it's not going to be built for two or three but we can play in t-mobile in the meantime exactly no, yeah i mean that's an nba arena exactly so, and you brought up, you brought up the oakland a's let me tell you something all right about the oakland a's they can't be the same organization they were in oakland mo they can't do that you can't nice. you cannot come to vegas all right <laughs> and try to carve your sports niche out and try to have major league baseball here and be utterly putrid and atrocious of an organization that they've been the last 20 years. All right? You got to find some way to get back to what you were back in the late 70s. Yeah, you can't be money and in the, in the, in spend the money. Late, uh, late 80s, <laughs> early 90s. Mo, there's never enough time for us. I I'm going to have, I got, you know what I got to do? I got to bring you, next time I'm hosting this show, PTL, I got to bring Mo, I got to bring you in for the full two hours because we, let's, we have so it. much that we can bounce around. We didn't even yeah. get a chance to get to. We're going to talk about football. We're going to talk exactly. about college basketball. Yeah, for sure. Always a great time having you live as in the studio. Brian out of here. Yeah, we, we, we can figure out a way, right? Well, he's too big time now. He, uh, he, you know, he, he's a celeb now, man. Yeah. He's getting, he's getting hits on ESPN National, right? <laughs> he's getting his questions and press conferences being asked and being spread around on Bleacher Report and, and all these national entities. Who is he's that big guy? time now, man. Who's that guy? Who's That's that the guy with the, with the cool hat yeah, and the sweet red shirt? Shirt and yeah, nice work that looks brand new. Sitting next to Vivica, I think a. Fox. it still has the tag on it. I think he does. <laughs> Twelve-year veteran, a coach, uh, just all-around great guy. Paul McKeskey joining us here live in Paul, we appreciate you. Absolutely. Spend some time on a Thursday. Time. Let's do two hours, Chris. Next we'll, time. we'll do it again next time. Yep. Uh, it is pushing the limits. Thanks to uh, Paul, our guest. Thanks to all your calls, and uh, I'll be back tomorrow to host the show. It's PTL. Thanks to Numchuck for making us sound good. Have a great Thursday, everybody.